Welcome to this series on the glorious church. It's all about who we should be and who we can be before the return of the Lord. I thank God that you are here this morning. Once again, for all of you that are here in-house, and uh, thank you for all of you that, that brave the, the weather and the, uh, the conditions. Um, and for all of you that are online and will be online down the road, uh, it's not by chance that you're listening this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just quickly. <clears throat> if you have not, if you were not here last Sunday, you need to watch the service. It's a prophetic word for 2024. You need to watch the service. And even if you watched or you were here or you watched it, you need to bring yourself back to that place of, of just checking out the service online. And uh, whether it's on the website, our website, lighthouseniagara.com, or whether it's on YouTube or whatever other media, Lighthouse Niagara, if you check Lighthouse Niagara, you'll get to it. A prophetic word for 2024, what does God have for us this year? And, and today, it's about positioned for the great day of the Lord. We need to be positioned for the day of the Lord that has not come yet, but man, are we so close. We are so close. If you don't realize it, for some of us that are, are older, we recognize the changes that have taken place on the face of this planet, and it is exactly what the Lord said would be before he comes back. Exactly what he said it would be. And so there's a warning to us for the sake of positioning to be ready for the day of the Lord. And not just any day, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So the word that was given for us to, to get to this place... And to be in this place of being refined, purified, and holy. And I was pretty tough last week. And I, I, I used rather strong words. If there's stuff that's going on in your life, if there are things that you are doing and practicing that are not of the Lord, you need to allow for refinement to take place. You might say, what is refinement? To be refined. We're talking about who we are and what we're holding on to and the things that we need to let go. And some of the stuff is right up in our head regarding our views on the Word of God or our justifying for our behavior And we need to get rid of the stuff that will kill us or cause us not to be in the right place, positioned in the right place spiritually. 
I want you to know that day of the Lord will come suddenly. You will not have a chance to get ready when it comes. If you might say, how fast is it? is it? It is as fast as me blinking my eyes, you blinking your eyes. In a twinkling of an eye, the Lord is going to return and catch up those that are positioned spiritually to be caught up. So for the next number of, of weeks, I, I, I really strongly recommend either you be here on Sunday and on Wednesday, as we go through warning and readying for position, refinement of elements, to refine silver, talks about the silver. I'll tell you, silver is so much harder to refine than gold. But both gold and silver have to be put into the flame to be refined. The gold has to get to a place of melting because it is so dense. Anything that is not of gold, that is there in the gold, as the gold melts, as it is melted, all the impurities come right to the surface and they're skimmed off. So there's a refinement and a purifying that takes place. Silver much harder to, to refine silver. I could not believe, as I, I looked into this, they've already been refining silver for over 4,000 years. Over 4,000 years, there's been refining of silver, and the ways to do it, they've, they've changed along the way to try to make it easier. It is complicated, it is difficult. For silver, and in this this book of Malachi, and, and I'm going to be going through Malachi. I'm going to be touching on it today. On Wednesdays, I'm going through Zephaniah. We're going to be covering two books of the Bible that we're talking about there being warning and change for the sake of, of, of reform, of change, and for the sake of revival. To be revived, to come to life. There are so many of you that, are, are, that may be in a place where you're just saying, I can't take any more. I don't know if I can make it. I just want to get out of this. This is terrible. And whatever it may be, it may be relationships or lack of thereof. It may be your mental and emotional state and being. It's like I can't handle this anymore because it's constantly negative. It may be health. It may be finances. Whatever it may be, and you are just barely hanging on as a believer. The enemy is doing whatever he can to destroy you. Trying to steal from you, so he's stealing from you in your condition. The Lord is saying, you let me refine you. You come to me and let me begin to refine you. In fact, some of the stuff already of shaking in your life. Lord is getting you to a place to refine you, to get the impurities out of your life, out of your mind and thinking that is destroying you, the enemy clinging to you. Say, ah, oh, 
The believer can overcome the enemy. I'll tell you absolutely, he, he should overcome the enemy. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. See, the thing is, the testimony of the believer can be at a place where my testimony isn't the Lamb of God and him slain. It's no longer that. It's something else. My testimony is the, the, the position that I'm in, the condition that I'm in, the, the confession, that, confession that I'm making. My testimony is, is my, my whatever, my lack of finances, my lack of, of, of having fellowship with anybody, my isolation. That's my testimony. My testimony is my pain and suffering. I'll tell you, those that have chronic pain and suffering, one of the worst things, it's one thing to get sick, but it's another thing to have chronic pain. And that's the confession that we may say. I, that's what I'm confessing at this point. And you're being overcome because the confession is not the Lamb of God. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ and him crucified. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And my testimony is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Lamb of God slain for me. His blood shed for me. His body broken for me so that I can overcome. And Satan will do whatever he can to get you from that place. The refining of silver. The refiner, the one that's refining the silver, has to sit at the furnace with the right temperature. If it's not the right temperature, it will damage the silver. If, it, if the, the silver stays in too long, it will damage the silver. It's no good. And he knows the moment is that, that silver is already a liquid and it's opaque. And in a, in a moment, in an instant of time, it changes from being opaque to being reflective. And so as soon as the refiner sees his own image, he sees himself in the flame or in the, in the silver, he pulls it out. Listen. This series... And I'm, I'm, I'm connecting it with the first message as well. This is part two. So the last week, if you missed part one, go to part one. Watch it. So this is part two. For this year, refined, purified, holy. A glorious church. In fact, I'm going to change that from a glorious church to the glorious church. Debbie, take note of that. Not a glorious church. The, uppercase T-H-E, the glorious church. Declaring Jesus, his name over everything. Jesus over my life. Jesus over every 
difficulty in my life, every, over every condition of my life, Jesus, I declare his name. His name is above all names, and I declare that name. At his name, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's a day coming. It says right now, every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess there's a choice. Every single person on this planet has a choice. But there is a day coming when we stand before God, we will bow our knee from the, the most powerful man or woman that ever lived, the most wicked man that ever lived and, and was all about self and, and whatever, will bow their knee, will bow their knee. They will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ and they will confess. Hitler will confess, Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Declaring Jesus, we declare Jesus now. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. When he rejoices over us, it is strength to us. This is where we should be this year. The things that are, are coming up this year were already putting into place last year and are coming up for this year is powerful. It goes way beyond our church. I want you to do the things of the Lord. I want you to get involved. I want you not to be half-hearted. And we're going to be talking about this as we go through Malachi and Zephaniah. If you don't normally come on a Wednesday night, you need to come out and be in the house of the Lord. You say, I can catch it online. You can, but it's just not the same. There's something about being in the house of the Lord with other believers a glorious church. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify. That means to, to make pure, make holy, and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, by the word of God. Thank God for his word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. This church, and I'm not talking a building, I'm talking people. Every single person that has asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins, that believes in who he is and what he did for them on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, as you believe on that and you confess that, and you've received Jesus Christ into your heart as Savior and Lord. He needs to be Lord in your life. Let him be Lord in your life. The day of the Lord. I'm going to read a few passages very quickly from the Old Testament. Isaiah 13, verse 9 to 13, description of the day of the Lord. Okay? You might say, how close is this day of the Lord? With what 
has happened so far, there is not much time left. And the, the, you might say, how do I know? It's because of the clock that, and the prophetic word, the things that were proph prophesied thousands of years ago, and they're coming to pass now. And the greatest prophecy of all is this, that Israel would become a nation again. And it happened in 1948. In 1948, Israel became a nation again. This generation will not pass away until all these things come to pass. We are getting close. We're past 70 years. A, a human life, it says, it's appointed unto man three score, ten years. A score is 20. So three times 20 is 60 plus 10, 70. And if there's life after that, life after that point, it's a bonus. Listen, we are already in the bonus time. The grace of God is being extended. Israel, the stuff that they're going, going through right now is prophesied in the word of God thousands of years ago. What's happening right now in Israel and the attacks all around them is a sign that the day of the Lord is coming. And let me read what the day of the Lord is. Behold, the day of the Lord comes. This is from Isaiah who lived about 700 B.C., 2,700 years ago plus. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened in its going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. So there, there are things coming in the heavenlies in the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord, let me just say, is not just 24 hours. It's going to extend. It's going to extend over a thousand years. Day, one day is like a thousand years to the Lord. It's going to extend that length of time. But that initial coming and then following after, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will halt the arrogance of the proud, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. You think that the Lord's not going to judge what's going on right now? He is going to judge it. I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold. Those that are alive, I will make them very rare. In fact, in Revelation, it talks about the earth's population gives fractions of the earth's population that will be gone, that will die. The day of the Lord. I'll tell you right now, I do, you do not want to be here. You say, Dave, don't try, to, don't try to scare me. Listen, would you not want for somebody, if you're on the upper river, and you didn't know that there was a falls there, would you, want, would you not want somebody to warn you that, hey, listen, there's a, a falls coming up. You need to get off. You're, you're, you're starting to get into the, you're, you're heading towards the danger zone or the no return zone. 
We would want for somebody to warn you. And I thank God for his grace and mercy. He is warning us so that we are positioned to be ready for that great and terrible day of the Lord so that we don't reap the wrath of God. So we don't have the wrath of God happening in us. It is coming. It could happen today. I think the only thing that's stopping the Lord coming back, perhaps today, and I may be wrong, I don't think so, is the fact that there is a harvest yet to come in. You might say a harvest of what? We're talking a harvest of souls for his kingdom. On Friday night, I heard the number of people that are being saved in lands of persecution where you're not allowed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it all because of prayer. And the 1040 window, we're talking 10 north of the, the equator, from 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north, 62 nations are there that, that include two-thirds of the earth's population. And so many of those nations are not allowing or very extremely restricting the gospel to the point where people can't even go in to those countries because they'll probably be killed. They're caught because of prayer. Our brother Douglas Small that was speaking that night, I was so encouraged when it comes to the harvest just by prayer, and we're right now in a 21-day fasting and prayer. This week has been powerful as we got together at 5.30 in the morning to pray. There are people here at 5.30 in the morning praying, and it's been powerful. The number of people that were being saved was over, started at just over 100,000 per day that were getting saved. And there's reports coming out that, that people were getting saved left and right to the point that after a second year and a third year that of, of prayer, and we're talking millions of people praying. This was already happening in the, in the mid-'90s. To the point where there was 200,000 people per day getting saved in the different nations and coming to the Lord because of prayer. Because the day of the Lord will be a great and dreadful day for those that are not positioned and are not ready. Listen, some of you are playing with sin. You're practicing sin, and you are not ready should that trumpet sound call or be and that twinkling of an eye where there's a catching up, and you will be left behind. And I'm just saying to you, thank God you will still have a chance after that, but it will cost you your life because you will be hunted and you will be killed. Read through Revelation. It tells what's going to happen for those that are left here on this planet 
at the initial coming of the day, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. One half of the earth's population gone in seven years. Again, you say, Pastor, you're scaring me. You know what? I pray to God you heed the warnings. Heed the warnings. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud and I will lay low the haughtiness of the, ter of the terrible. I will make mortal, a mortal more rare than fine gold. In fact, there's going to be, because there's not going to be many around. It's going to be rare compared to where we're at. A man more than the golden wedge of Ophir, which was the, the, the best of gold, was from Ophir. And a golden wedge of Ophir, a man will be more than the golden wedge of, of, from Ophir. There's not going to be, they're, they're going to be rare, if you would. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth will move out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. Zephaniah 1, 14 to 16. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and a thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. Joel lived 800 years before Christ, 800 B.C. The sun shall be turned into darkness. So here's another man prophesying in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't just writing his own words. It's amazing. The Bible is the most amazing book and most powerful book on this planet. Forty different authors and everything coordinating and interacting. How is that even possible? Written over 1,500 years the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant. A remnant is just a small remnant whom the Lord calls. So even as the Lord is calling, there's a responding from this remnant, yes, Lord, I need you. I want you. I need salvation. I'm calling on your name for salvation, I, and he will save. Malachi, as we get into it, is a very short book. You can read it this afternoon. Read it. Read through it. Zephaniah, three chapters. So it wouldn't even take you an hour to read Malachi and Zephaniah. You could probably read it in, in half an hour if you're a fast reader. But Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. After Malachi, there was 400 years of silence. God was not speaking to anybody. His people, the Hebrews, really had, had they had, had a chance to, to have the temple rebuilt and, and to start to serve God, and, and they were starting to serve God. But there was a turning away. Within 100 years, Malachi is about 100 years after Haggai and Zechariah. And within 100 years, they were already at a place to the point where, where there was no more conversation 
for any prophet to any prophet. There was no prophet anymore. No one that would speak the word of the Lord. It's a series of questions and answers. The monologue, who's speaking? It is God that's speaking. And there's questions and answers. So the, the Lord proposes, or God proposes a question and an answer. And it's all around the condition of the people. We're talking about being positioned and ready for the day of the Lord. And Malachi talks about the day of the Lord as well. And Zephaniah talks about the day of the Lord. Hundreds of years before. And so we see the heart of God in, in Malachi. The first, very first few verses in chapter 1. How he says, I've chosen you. Jacob, I've chosen. Esau, I have not. Esau's heart was not for God. But Jacob wanted the things. He wanted the blessing of God in his life. He says, I love you. God loves his children desperately. There's parts that are talking about the condition of man, where they are at. As you read through the, the, the remainder of chapter 1 and chapter 2 and, and most of chapter 3, you see the condition of man. I'm going to be talking about that next Sunday. And the last part is the promises of God. And I want, to st I want to talk about the promises of God where it ends off in chapter 4. Now, with the promises of God, that great day of the Lord, let's see what Malachi has to say. The day of the, day of the Lord... This is more so for those that are on the wrong side. They're not, in the right, they're not in the right position. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble, like straw, stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up quite easily, says the, the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch, not even the roots, right down to the roots, everything. There's nothing that will remain or be able to come back to life. We're talking, we're talking about, we're not talking about the physical, the nature aspect of our, our world. We're talking more, we're talking about souls of man. We're talking about people. Two wrong conditions are mentioned here. The proud. I don't need God. Why? I can do everything on my own. I don't need God. I got it all figured out. I'll tell you right now. The proud cannot even hear the word of God. Don't tell me. I want to hear that. I had somebody share with me this, this week. They were with somebody that had walked away from the Lord. And at the mention of Jesus, this individual immediately said, stop. Don't even want to hear the name of Jesus. Stop. 
proud. I don't need God. I don't know, need to know about God. I don't care. I don't care. I will do my own thing. I will keep living like I am when the Holy Spirit comes to convict, when I hear the Word of God speaking to me and the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to change. It's like, whatever. God really won't do anything. I'll tell you, I'll be talking about that. That is one of the things that is mentioned in Malachi in the earlier chapters. That is one of the th conditions that they are saying, oh, God's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. He's a gracious, loving God. Listen, the fact that you are still alive is only the grace of God because if it was up to Satan, you would be dead already. It is only the grace and mercy of God that keeps us alive from a, a horrific, insidious, and, and evil being and his hordes, the angels that followed him. You would be dead already. You say, Pastor, this is dark. What is coming, I want you to know, I, I, as the body of Christ, as believers and followers, that we would be positioned in the right place. That you would not say, you know, I'm going to do it my own way. Or I don't see things the way you see. I'm reading to you the word of God. Heed the word of God. Listen, I need to heed the word of God. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't give me a free pass. I need to not just preach or teach the word of God. I need to do the word of God as well. And it helps me so much when my faith is in the right thing and the power of the Holy Spirit to help me. I say, thank you, Lord. The second thing in this verse, it says, and burning like an oven and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. They do wickedly. In their position, rejecting God, they do wickedly. You might say, what about the believer? Can the believer do wickedly? I've mentioned this a number of times over the last, the course of the last month or so. Last week, I was in court for a believer who is in for life imprisonment and is not eligible for parole for 16 years minus the, the almost two years that he's been in or a year and a half that he's been in. You think that a believer or somebody that decides, I'm going to hang on. He was hanging on to sin. And he was saying, you know what, Lord, I don't know. I don't think so. He was attempting to do things in his own strength, in his own flesh. You try to do things without God as a believer in your own flesh. This is what are the results. Listen quickly. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. This is the believer operating in the flesh in their own strength, which is adultery, sex within or because with it for a married uh, couple, and you have sex outside of marriage. That's adultery. Fornication is sex before marriage. 
And some of you may say, I've, I've been there. I've done that. The beautiful thing is you have opportunity to get to position yourself properly before the Lord. You have opportunity. As long as you are breathing, you have opportunity to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn from my sin. And I place my faith in Jesus Christ. Repent and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ. And keep your repentance as direction. I'm turning 180, and I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ. Believe. Fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness also have to do with uh, sexual deviations. Idolatry, having another God before God. Sorcery has to do with drugs and witchcraft and, and mixing of it and or separately. Sorcery. Listen, some of you are more dependent on your medications that are they're narcotics. Like, there's one thing to, to have something. It's another thing to have a narcotic that you can't do without. As in, if I, if I miss even just one pill or two or one whatever, and I have to go after it, I'll tell you that's, Lord, that you would be set free from that control. Sorcery. Contention, hatred, contentions, Jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders. That's where I was this last week. And let me just say this. This individual, I had a chance to speak to them for about a minute before they were taken away, before he was taken away. Just, just to say, with the Lord, as you have humbled yourself before the Lord, you are in the right place. You are in the right place before the Lord. You are reaping what you've sown, and man has meted out judgment. But before the Lord, you are forgiven as you remain in that place, in the right position before the Lord. I just want you to know you're my brother, and I love you. He's in the best place that he's ever been spiritually even with a horrific, horrendous, heinous crime. Say, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, for your grace and mercy to the worst of people. Drunkenness, revelries. I'm just out to have a great time, party, whatever, and the like. So this is not a complete list. But it's a work of the flesh, of me being dependent on myself rather than on the Lord, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is spoken to the churches of Galatia. It wasn't just one church. It was a, a number of churches. And this letter was to be read to all the different churches. Just go from church to church, reading this letter from Paul to the churches of Galatia. In Romans 1, verse 18, once again, the wrath of God, there is judgment coming. Judgment is coming. And if, it's not, if you are not made right before you stop breathing or before there is a day coming, we will stand before God Almighty. Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed 
from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, which we are seeing right now. There's a suppression of the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Do you think that just one organ within our body came from nothing? That's what evolution says. It just began somehow, not sure how. And everything evolved. Everything without God. Are you kidding me? The eye, and not just the human eye, the eye of, of different creatures on this planet is like so amazing that I can see what's around me. Like, how does that even happen? That just evolved? So, his invisible attributes, the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, that were made, created, even his eternal power and Godheads, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. No, we're thankful, but became futile or useless in their thoughts. I cannot believe the useless thoughts that are being projected as wisdom this day. You just shake your head. It's like, are you kidding me? And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And we're seeing that right now. It was already in existence 2,000 years ago. This is the heart of man without God. This is life without God. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God, a, a perfect God, into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creature or creeping things. Let's all worship Mother Earth. Therefore, God, listen. So God says, I'm giving you up to uncleanness, in the lusts of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So they're going according to the lust of their flesh. I'm craving things. My flesh is craving things. Why? Because God is not God. I'm not in the right position before God. I'm not ready for the day of the Lord. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Let it be. Amen means let it be. It should be. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Tell me if this is not rampant. For even their women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which is due. It's rampant today. It's being propagated and promoted today. This is the word of God. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind, a reprobate mind, perverted mind, to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness and sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who know the righteous judgment of God. The day of the Lord is coming. And they knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also prove of those who practice them. I, I, I can't, be, can't believe the evil. And we just, once again, we're, we're seeing the, the time clock ticking. And we're, we're in the last hour. We're, in just a f- we're, not, we're not far away. When it comes to time, we're like minutes away. In the grand scheme of things, just minutes away. I can't believe the, 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 when you have people that will go purposely and go into another nation and not just murder whoever, rape and murder, and while they're doing it, have it recorded, and then upload it. You say, when did that happen? It just happened October 7th. 1,400 people killed. Over 200 people taken hostage. Brutalized. You say, where did that happen? It happened in Israel. As a neighboring city or, ta- or city or nation attacked them. Wickedness. Let me just say this. The just, those that are right before God, shall live by faith. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, what he did for us on the cross, his body broken, his blood shed for us, that we would believe in, the, in him who took all our sins. You might say, why do we believe in Jesus Christ and him crucified it? Because that was the moment in time on that day that he suffered and died that Dave's sins were put on him. That the sins of all of mankind were put on him. That if we believe in him, our sins are taken care of and we are positioned rightly before God. The day of, you know what? I am so looking forward to the day of the Lord. I'm not going to experience his wrath. And those of us that, that believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross and are, are not living or practicing sin, we will be ready for the day of the Lord. We look forward to the day of the Lord. I say, thank you, Lord. What a hope that we have. 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So for the religious and for the, the intellectual wise, the, 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 the wise of this world of this day. The Greeks were back then. They were really looked up to by the Romans, uh, who were the superpower at that time of this writing. They looked up to the Greeks because they were such philosophers. They were wise in the things of this world and in all their intellect. And the Lord is saying, even to the Jew, to the religious, and to the, to the, the intellectual, for in it, in this believing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, in that, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So as it is written, the just, those that are right before God, shall live by faith. So, those that are in the right position, their faith is there. They will fear God, fear God or reverence him to recognize who God is. Malachi 4 verse 2. But to you who fear my name. Do you reverence Jesus' name? Or is it just like, okay, I know about Jesus. Or I use his name as a, in vain, as a curse word when I, I'm upset. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise, shall arise with healing in his wings. For you, for me now. There's healing for us. There's a setting free from the condition we're in. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. This, this, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves is a is a, an expression, a Hebrew expression. So when, the, when the, the calves are in the stall over for a length of time or whatever, they're not able to get out, usually over the winter time, and they're, they're eating the, the, you know, that straw and whatever. They're in their stalls. When they get out, when they get out in the spring, I've not seen this but I'm picturing it. Let me read it again. You will grow fat like stall-fed calves, or you, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. It, the, the definition is of springing, jumping around with excitement. So the, the calves go out, and they're jumping, like they're, they're out of the stall, and they're jumping around. And not only that, is the, the opportunity not just to have the stall or the, the feed that was given over the course of the wintertime, but now it's like we can eat the green grass of the pastures this springtime. The grass is starting to come up, and we can eat it. There's a thing, oh. It's a thing of rejoicing. It's a, an expression of, 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 of joy. You shall trample the wicked. So the, the wicked, the wicked, the amazing thing is, the wicked always want for you to participate with them. They, it's almost like they want, they guilt you into participating with them. 
And so that, that influence, that peer pressure around those that are wicked, says you shall trample the wicked for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. It's, they're not going to be able to impact you. On the, on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. So there is this, this fear of God. Those that fear my name will experience this thing of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, it's so good. The things of wickedness, the things of temptation, you overcome. The second thing that's mentioned in verse 4, and there's only a few verses in chapter 4 of Malachi. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgment, judgments. We need to keep his commandments in these last days. To keep his commandments. To do his command to us. You might say, I don't know if I can do that. Look what it says in John 14, verse 15 to 18. Jesus said, this is just hours before he would go to the cross. He knew what was coming. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's, what's happening here now. He knew exactly what, he, what was coming because it had been planned before, the, before time even began. God knew that he would make a creation. He knew that they, we would be made in the image of God. And he knew that there would be the need, if they have free will, volition. God has free will. He's not a robot. He's not a machine. He has free will, and we were made in his image. And for those that, of us, all of us have been made in his image, have the opportunity to say, I will love God or not. As we choose to love God, to have him as part of our life, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Lord, if you say, I choose to love you, I'm going to keep your commandments, as difficult as they may seem in the flesh, as soon as we say, yes, I'll keep your commandments, the Holy Spirit is there to come to help us. I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells within you and will be in you. If you want to be, keep his commandments, the Holy Spirit is there to say, I will help you. As a child of God, I will help you. The world doesn't have the help of the, of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit. They're not, they don't have, they don't believe on Jesus Christ. They need to. We need to let them know because, man, is it nasty when we do the things of the flesh as we've already read. And I love what it says in verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You will not be alone. I will come to you. To you. Hallelujah. So beautiful. Malachi 4, verse 5. The next verse says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now this Elijah, there's only two people that have not died yet. They're thousands of years old. 
and they're with God in heaven. And the one lived like almost 6,000 years ago. His name is Enoch. You can read of that in Genesis. It says he lived. He lived to be 365 years of age, and he walked with God, and it says, and he was no more. He was caught up to be with the Lord. Elijah lived less than 3,000 years ago. And he too was caught up. And there's record of him being caught up, caught up and how he was caught up. Very interesting. Check it out. Elijah, the prophet, will be, be here on this planet. Enoch, I, I believe truly it's Enoch and Elijah because they haven't died yet, will be on this planet physically, literally, for those that are left on this planet. They'll be here for 42 months. Gives exactly the length of time that they'll be here. 42 months. And they'll be able to call down fire from heaven. They'll be able to speak and say, there's not going to, you nation, no rain for you. And the, the people of the world will hate them. And just at the, very, at the end of the 42 months, they're going to be killed. And it says what the response will be by the world. There will be a celebration that takes place because these two that are on this planet are dead. It says their, their bodies will be laying in the streets in Jerusalem for three days. Nobody's going to pick them up. They're not even attempting to mutilate or, or whatever. They're laying there in the streets for three days and the world is partying because of this plague that was on the earth. Still coming. But on the third day, they will arise. And within a short period after that, we will see this next thing happening. Revelation is 19, verse 11. And I'm just, I'm asking today, are you going to be part of this, what I'm going to read now, or not? Are you going to be a part of this or not? Revelations 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. This is already being spoken of in the past tense, as if it's already happened. Or it's, it's a, this is a definite thing. It's, it's not like, well, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. This will happen. And are we going to be with the Lord here? He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, that's hopefully you. I'm... I'm this is where I'm going to be at. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his throat and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
That is what is still to come. Should the Lord come back today and the day of the Lord begin today, it'll be happening in seven years from now. The things that will be happening here on this earth, horrific. In heaven, we will, it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's, we're talking festival. We're talking about rewards. We're talking about an amazing time with God. And then this, we come with the Lord to this, this planet. Are you in the right place or in the wrong place? Where are you at? You should be asking yourself, where am I at? Because the day of the Lord hasn't happened yet. The warning is there. It is quite clear. You need to, to make decisions in your life. Are you going to continue to live the way you are, or are you going to make a change in your life? Are you going to receive the Lord Jesus to take care of your sins or not? I'm saying to you, don't delay. If you're living as a believer, and, but you're practicing sin, I'll tell you right now, you are Luke warm at best and about being lukewarm you're not hot or you're not cold the lord says now this is cold water this is good and a hot cup of coffee for those that love coffee uh i don't drink coffee but for those of you that love coffee it's like i need a hot, hot cup of good coffee hot or cold but lukewarm Who, who, who likes lukewarm coffee or whatever? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And the Lord gives the most beautiful promise to the lukewarm church. If you repent of your ways, you repent of your ways, and I will allow you to sit on the throne with me. You might say, yeah, that's me. I'm lukewarm. I'm lukewarm. I've heard about Jesus. I've even given my life to Jesus. And I'm just going through these motions. I'm going to continue to sin. I'm practicing sin because God is a gracious and merciful God. Yep. But I'll tell you right now, the only reason you're alive is because he is gracious and mercy. But he's also holy and just God. There's a day, a dreadful day, the great day and dreadful day of the Lord is coming. Don't delay. The Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. He won't always be there to pull you. Without the Holy Spirit, what is the, what is the sin, the unpardonable sin? It's, it's a sin against the Holy Spirit. You might say, what is that sin? It's like the Holy Spirit is pulling you again and again and you're not listening. Eventually, the Holy Spirit comes to you less and less and less and then does not come to you anymore. And I'll tell you right now, if the Holy Spirit doesn't come to you anymore, you're done. Even while you're alive. Because you will have no desire to get right with God. You'll just go on the way you are. No desire. I'm just saying, get right with the Lord. Can we stand together?
we then as workers together with him, I also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I'm pleading with you. As the grace of God is being presented to you, don't let, let it not be in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation now. We need to be revived. We, may be, need, we need to be made alive. And I, is, is my mom here? Oh, okay. I want you. I have three people that I'm going to have praying for revival. One after the other. Three generations will pray. And as they pray... I want you to agree with them. When we come alive as the body of Christ, as a church, as an individual, we come alive. As we come alive, the amazing thing is this. We will begin to impact not just our, our own life, but we will be able to impact other people's lives so that they can have life. If there's anybody here that, that is in the, in the right place, you might say, what do I do, Pastor? Quickly, three things. Confess your sin and repent. I'm not going to continue to do that. Whatever it is, all the, or the, all the different things. Oh, man, Pastor, I have so many different things. Lord, I come to you. I confess I'm a sinner. Forgive me, and he'll forgive you as you place your faith in him. Second, you need to believe the fact that Jesus died for you on the cross. You trying to repent on your own and be a good person, Hey, you become a good person, but you're still not with God. You're not alive in him. You need to believe on Jesus and what he did for you 2,000 years ago on the cross. Your faith needs to be there. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Lord, that's what I'm believing in. You died for me. You were buried and you rose again. You overcame death and hell. I need you in my life. I believe in you. And the last thing is... Jesus, come into my life. And if that's where you are as an unbeliever, those three, th three things. If you are a believer and you're living lukewarm and the Lord's going to spew you out of his mouth, get right with the Lord. And as these individuals come, they're praying. We're praying for revival for us, for the sake of the lost, those that are dying and on their way to, to hell. They need Jesus. So... I'm going to ask uh, my mom to come, and right after that, Anil, for the, that generation, my generation, and then after that, I'm going to ask the next generation, I'm going to ask Justin to come and pray. Could you come and pray? Come, you got just, yeah, come on over. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we still have time to come to you. And Lord, I pray that you will help us that we will be that light that you want us to be, that we will be on fire for you to tell the good news to all the ones that we meet, that we come in contact with. Lord, and I pray that you will send revival, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit in a mighty, powerful way, that people will get right with you, that they will not delay anymore, 
but that they will come and accept you as Lord and Savior. Let that miracle happen of revival among us, each one, that we will be revived for you, that we will see a great revival before your coming. I thank you, Lord, that you have put us in these days and that we can be uh, uh, harvesters for you. Thank you, Lord. Pour out your spirit and revive us and give us a revival. I pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord, this morning. We just want to thank you, Lord, that we can be in your house. God, you dwell in the heavens, oh God, in your holy place. But yet still, Lord, you care about us, Father. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus, you care about us, Lord, that you came and you died for us, Lord. And you set us with your Holy Spirit. You fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, so that we can be on fire for you, Lord. I pray for my generation, Lord, that, Lord, we'll come back to the place, Lord, where you first met us, Lord, and, Lord, that you have delivered us from the bondage of sin and death, Lord. And, Lord, that we would know how important it is, Lord Jesus, that we can tell our loved ones, God, the people we care most about, how important it is, oh God, to turn to you, Jesus. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would just revive us again. Fill each heart with your love, oh God. Turn us back to you, Lord Jesus. My prayer this morning, Father is that you captivate our heart, God, that we would redeem the time knowing the days are evil, O oh God, that we need to be a witness for you, Lord Jesus. I pray even at this time, God, that your hand of protection be upon us, O oh God. I thank you for your grace, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your mercies. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, God, for sustenance, Lord Jesus. I rebuke the devourer over our lives even now, my God. I come against the works of the enemy, Lord Jesus. I pull down strongholds in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your great grace, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your mercies, Lord God. I pray, God, that you revive our generation, Lord Jesus. Refresh us. Fresh fire, Lord Jesus. Fresh anointing, Lord Jesus. God, that we be bold enough to speak. Speak your word and not be ashamed, Lord Jesus. To tell someone how important heaven is. And how devastating hell is. I pray this morning that you would have your own way, God. Have your own way in our generations, Lord. Let your will be done. Hasten your coming even now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for today. I thank you for all of us gathering. I thank you for all that you have that you have done in my life and all the people that you have brought me to, Lord. I pray, Lord, that there is a, a calling that goes out to my generation. Lord, I pray that they follow your calling. I pray, Lord, that you free us of our pride, that you free us of the sin, that we see with you life is far more abundant than we could ever imagine. We are a generation that will continue your word. 
We are a generation that is stepping into leadership. So Lord, protect us. Lord, guide us. Lord, bring us peace. Bring us comfort in sharing your word and living by your will. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Yes, thank you for life. Thank you for the light that shines through us. I pray that you strengthen the faith of those that have been with you long. I pray you bring a new light to those that don't know you. I pray we see the greatest revival in mankind. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope that the word you received was impactful and encouraging. We hope you can connect with us in person or online through our socials or website. Make sure you share this with others, and God bless you richly.